Hello, friend. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Discovering Faith. I'm so happy you would spend your time with me today. I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about today. I cannot wait to get in with into it with you. Um, so I hope you're having a great day. Hope you're having a great week. I hope that God um, has been doing some really cool things in your life lately. Actually, I know he has, so I'm just going to say that right now. Um, but, you know, before we get into everything, I did just want to, you know, do the classic um, housekeeping. First of all, love to ask, even though it's just you and me right now, you cannot respond directly to me. I want to know, how are you doing today? You, yep, you can respond. Go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being a bad listener. Uh, no, but I really want to know how you're doing. So if you don't mind, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, so you can call me anytime, 531-600-8151. Leave a voicemail. I'd love to know how you're doing. Love to hear what you're learning from the podcast. And especially want to hear um, what God has been teaching you lately. Uh, I would love to learn from you, grow with you. I want this to be a community where we are together in this. This is our journey together of um, discovering our faith, figuring out what it means to follow Jesus. So um, would love to hear from you. You can also check me out on Instagram, Discovering Faith. That's a really great way to connect. Um, feel free to DM me. Um, I would love to chat with you. I'd love to connect with you that way. I post videos from time to time. I'll share, you know, uh, about the episode when it's coming out so you can stay updated. That's a great way for us to connect. And then hopefully eventually, you know, we'll be able to connect as a community, maybe get something together where we're sharing with each other and we're growing together. Um, y'all y'all want to put together like a Bible study or something. That would be so cool. You know, I'm just dreaming about what God can do with this community in the future. But for now, um, that's all for this, uh, you know, the housekeeping this week. So again, let me know how you're doing. Uh, I'd love to connect with you. Um, but anyway, let's get into our topic for the week. Uh, here we go. All right. So the topic for the day is um, God called me. Now what? <laughs> um, you can read that with as much peril in your uh, in in the tone as you want. Maybe it's a uh, uh, God called me. Now what's next? Um, or it can be uh, God called me. Now what in the world do I do? Uh, so that's the topic for the day. We're going to um, start with some scripture. We're going to go over Nehemiah um, chapter two, and then um, after that, I want to get into uh, just talking about you know the practical the God called me, now what? Kind of answer that question. What do we do now? Well, what are we supposed to do with this call? What are we supposed to do with um, God calling me to live a life with him? Um, so uh, just like everything in this podcast, this is my journey of rediscovering what faith means. Um, I've shared about it a little bit before. You know, I've, uh, I, I've uh, I, whether you want to call it a Christian, whatever it is, going to church, all these words, I've been attempting to follow Jesus for some time, you know, I've had some experience um, working uh, at a church, uh, you know, uh, being in, in charge of some people. These rec recent last few years, God has really um, kind of restructured my faith, and I'm trying to now figure out and get to the root of what faith means. What is this all about? What does it mean to follow Jesus? So first area um, if you join me so far in Nehemiah, we've talked about um, chapter one for a couple of episodes, but I'm really just trying to figure out like through this podcast, the whole thing for me is going to be, and hopefully the journey you join me in is going to be, uh, what is this whole faith thing? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean um, to, you know, live a life with God? So um, God really just, you know, wanted me to start in Nehemiah. So again, thank you for joining me for another episode. So 
we're going to get into this scripture now. Join me there. Okay, so now we're in the scripture. Today I'm going to read um, from Nehemiah 2 a little bit. If you um, want to stop right here and read the whole Nehemiah 2 chapter, it's, um, let me check, it's only 20 verses. So it's a pretty short read if you want to do some um, upfront reading today. If not, we'll go over some of it together. So um, I'm just going to start with um, chapter 2, verse 1, and um, kind of set the scene for today. Um, and before we do that, of course, if you haven't, if you've just recently read Nehemiah one, um, and you don't want the recap, you can skip this part. But I just, I do really like to set the scene for the context. I think it's so important when we're reading the Bible. Um, if you're with me and you didn't skip ahead, um, when you read the Bible, try and remember or look and remind yourself of what you just read, especially the context. It's really important we don't take things out of context. It's important that we don't just grab little snippets of scripture and then they stand on their own and it doesn't make sense anymore or it gives it a different meaning it's not supposed to have. Um, so we're going to, you know, you, I'm going to try and always set the scene for us, know kind of what we're talking about, where we came from. So in chapter one, we met a man named Nehemiah. We know we do not know very much about his backstory, um, but we do know that he is the cupbearer for the king. Um, it's a very important role. He brings the wine to the king. If you join me for the last couple episodes, we talked about how important that was. The king wants his wine. He, he's got to have it. Uh, make sure that the king doesn't get poisoned. So he's a very important man in the king's court. Don't know how he got there. You know, did he do an internship? Was he um, groomed from a young age? Uh, it's really hard to say. Was he from a family that was, you know, maybe uh, influential in the area and he got this job? Hard to say. All speculation. But we do know that Nehemiah has this important job. So if God wanted us to know how he got it, probably would have put some of it in the Bible. But um, we know that he is in the king's court. We know that he gets um, face-to-face time with the king. That's probably pretty rare. I would say for most of the um, Israelites, they probably don't get any face-to-face time with the king. They probably don't even, um, not in the same city as the king, don't know the king. This guy has a personal audience with the king. Crazy. Um, Also, to set the scene, um, again, if you already, uh, you know, if you've already done your research, then you could, uh, of course, skip ahead. But the Israelites, God's chosen people, the people that we are supposed to be following through the course of the Old Testament and the Bible, and of course, even the New Testament, um, they um, have messed up, and they are in a foreign land. They've been exiled. They've been taken captive, taken away. God promised them the Holy Land, and now they are out of it. They're away from it. They are basically, they're in a bad place. It's a bad place. So this, of course, is why, you know, God is using this for me um, to kind of uh, I'm connecting with this a lot, and hopefully, you know, if you're in the same place you are too, uh, maybe you've gone through a tough season in your faith, and you are away from where you're supposed to be, and you start to see, you know, like you need to make some changes, something needs to change, you're away from where you're called to be, so now God is going to bring you back, so God is bringing me back, and he's helping me to rediscover what faith means. Um, So in Nehemiah 2, well, we got in the chapter 1. Um, he heard Jerusalem is broken and destroyed, and he's really, really um, sad about it. You know, the walls are down. 
uh, destroyed. The gates are burned down. It's a bad, it's a mess. Jerusalem is a mess. This holy city, this amazing place where God's people were supposed to go and worship God is in ruin. The people are in ruin. Um, And so now we jump into chapter two. And this is, you know, the God called me, now what? God broke Nehemiah's heart for Jerusalem. He, you know, he was kind of stirring in Nehemiah's heart, like, hey, things are bad. And God is setting him up to do something about it. So now we're going to jump in. Uh, Thank you so much for going through all of that uh, background with me. Again, I think the context is very important. So now we're in chapter two, verse one. And it came about in the month Nisan. It looks like Nisan, the car brand, but it's, I think it's spelled different. And I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly, so maybe we'll call it Nissan. <laughs> in the 20th year of King and Oh my goodness, guys, the uh, pronunciations. I'm so sorry. I'm probably going to say all these wrong. Um, 20th year of King Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes. The wine was before him. Okay, so um, who brings the wine? That's Nehemiah. That's my boy. Um, And I picked up the wine and I gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. Verse 2. So the king said to me, Why is your face sad, though you are not ill? This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. Again, this is the context. Nehemiah is writing and speaking. So um, Nehemiah is very afraid. Verse 3. And I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the site of my father's tombs, is desolate and its gates can have been consumed by fire? Then the king said to me, What would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, I request that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, with the queen sitting beside him, how long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I gave him a definite time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given uh, me for the governors of the provinces beyond the river, so that they will allow me to pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the k- keeper of kings for- the king's forest, so that he will give me tim- timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which is by the temple for the wall of the city, and for the house of what, to which I will go. And the king granted them to me, because the good hand of my God was on me. And then now we're going to go to verse 9. Um, then I came to the governors of the provinces beyond the Euphrates River, and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent me with officers of the army and horsemen. And, the, and when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about it, it was very displeasing to them that someone had come to seek the welfare of the sons of Israel. So it goes on. Um, there are some more important verses, but I want to stop there, and I kind of want to go over uh, what we are getting into and learning so far. So this this is crazy. Um, it's really important to, to kind of catch the magnitude of what's happening here. Okay, so if I am the king's cupbearer, I probably... Um, I don't know. My life is probably, I would say, I don't know if I, I don't want to make it too dramatic, but my life is probably on the line pretty often. Okay. I have to do my job the right way. I have to make sure I stay in line. I'm here to serve the king for how the, the, the king should be or would want to be served. 
it's not my goal or my job for my needs to be met or for me to make requests. Uh, so we already know that this is probably a pretty intense situation. We don't know that Nehemiah is going to um, speak up and ask to do anything about the the state of Jerusalem. We talked about in um, chapter one, you know, he knew that things were really, really bad in Jerusalem, but that doesn't necessarily mean that um, he was going to be able to step up and do anything about it. What's amazing and just absolutely amazing, and I know, man, God just brought all this together, but the fact that he would make a request so the king noticed that there was something wrong. And instead of just being like, oh, you're you're too sad to do the job. Get out of my sight. You know, go find another cupbearer. Somebody else get me my wine. The king, his heart had moved and he he was willing to hear Nehemiah's request. Um, I don't know how normal that is, but I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably not very normal. And so this very important verse here in verse four, um, the king says, what would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. So Nehemiah prays, and then he says to the king, If your servant has found favor before you, I request that you send me to Judah, the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. These are people that, as far as I know, are captive. These are people that, um, you know, he has a job to do, but it's probably more of an obligation and a duty than it's, um, like a nine to five day job where he's getting paid. It's like these are captives. Um, you know, if you think about any great empire, they take a, a people captive. Those people are most likely slaves or they're, um, there's some ownership. They are a working class. They're not, they're not uh, taken captive to be the special people. They're taken captive because um, I need my wine. And so I'm going to have Nehemiah, the Israelite, go get it for me. So, God really brought his plan together here by giving Nehemiah the courage to to stand up and say, I'm going to ask this crazy request. Can I leave? First of all, one, can I leave? I don't even know if they're allowed to leave. Not only can I leave, but two, can I go to the place where my, my old capital um, of Jerusalem and rebuild it, which could potentially be a threat to the king in his empire. He's and somehow he's allowing this. How you ask? Literally only God. This <laughs> this could only be God that this is happening. This is literally so miraculous. It's so amazing, so wonderful that like God would move in the heart of that king just in this split second, in this split moment. It wasn't this grand scheme of Nehemiah. I'm going to go in. I'm going to make sure that um, everything is perfect and it's um, the it's the king's favorite day and he allows one request per year. And so I use my request to ask if I could go build the walls of Jerusalem. Literally, it kind of it's kind of seems like it just kind of happened, but God had orchestrated the events. So it's just very amazing how God brought this together. It's very special how God, you know, cause this to happen. Now, I mean, even further than this, not only can I leave, not only can I go rebuild the Jerusalem, can I go rebuild the holy city so that it can be returned to its former glory? He says to me, he says to him, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the provinces beyond the river so that they will allow me to pass through until I come to Judah. So he asked for another favor. He says, if you're going to allow me to do this, will you actually 
make sure I'm protected? Will you actually make sure that the people beyond the provinces of this the river know that it's safer, it's good for me to pass? That, that's insane. Okay, now this is honestly the craziest part. At the king's, so the king's losing his cupbearer. He's allowing these people to return and rebuild Jerusalem. And now he's also, now <laughs> Nehemiah says, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which is by the temple, for the wall of the city, and for the house to which I will go. So he literally, he asks the king to provide the resources he needs to go rebuild the gates of the citadel the and the walls of the, th the city and the, ho and the house he's going to go to. So <laughs> I don't even know how this is possible. I don't know. It's like, again, it's only God. But he he literally asks, can I go and you basically like you're going to protect me and on your resources, I'm going to rebuild Jerusalem and the king granted them to me because the good hand of my God was on me. And that Nehemiah sums it up perfectly. The only reason that this was all granted is because God, God literally made it. So, so I, you know, I just really want to bring that to light because I think it's when God has a plan, a call for us, a dream. We talked about dreams in the last episode and, you know, having these dreams, it's very easy to try and think of all the logic and the reason and how is it going to happen? How is this all going to work? How are the resource, resources all going to come together? And you start to try and like bring all this logic and reason to it. But honestly, t like these resources, the way that Jerusalem is being rebuilt, you literally can't plan this. Like he didn't write up this like um, request for like a scholarship or like a loan that the king would, you know, loan him what he needs to go to the city of Jerusalem and rebuild it. He literally just asked him for it, and the king gave it to him as a gift. So we'll get into that for sure later when we talk about, you know, God called me, now what? Um, but yeah, just, you know, see how powerful this is that God doesn't just give us his call, he then gives us all the resources we need for that to happen. We get trapped and stuck in this thought that if God gives me this call, now I have to figure out how to make it work. Now it's on me. Now that God has given me this dream, this call, now that God has called me to follow him, now it has to be all in my strength. Honestly, none of this is in Nehemiah's strength. Our, is the strength of a cupbearer to be a smooth talker? and somehow request all of the resources needed to rebuild a city or to be somebody that rebuilds a city? Honestly, no. What makes this so special is that God called Nehemiah and God, like he laid on this this plan and he laid on this, this dream on Nehemiah's heart and he brought all of the resources together. It could never have been in, in his strength. So again, definitely gonna talk about that more here in a little bit. Um, but then I want to go through the rest of the verses here. Um, so um, we're going to kind of just summarize a little bit more as we get into Nehemiah verse 11. Uh, but he goes to Jerusalem. He's checking out the gates. He's checking out the um, walls. 
and it's all pretty bad. Um, he kind of goes out at night and he's expecting it, inspecting it. So then at verse, verse 17, so he's there with some um, other officials, some people that are um, have come with him to help rebuild the city, which, you know, he doesn't really give any context on how these people came with him. Like, did he request, like, the king send people with him? Um, did he, you know, find these people? Were they already in Israel? It's hard to say. Um, but we know that there's other people here with him that are going to help him rebuild this city. So um, he said to the people with him, with him, verse 17, Then I said to them, You see the bad situation we are in, that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates have been burned by fire. Come, let's rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we will no longer be a disgrace. And I told them how the hand of my God had been, so, had been favorable to me and also about the king's words, words which he had spoken to me. Then they said, Let's arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. Okay, so this is really, really amazing. The, the people of ne- uh, the people of Jerusalem are really, you know, they're seeing what how bad it is. And you know, honestly, you probably arrive there in Jerusalem. It looks like it's going to be a lot of work, and you know, it, it probably, in a way, starts to feel impossible. But I love this, just, I love this line in verse 18. Let's arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. Man, these people just came together and they just said, you know what? We are going to fulfill God's plan. We're going to see it happen. I don't know if these are strong people. I don't know if they're craftsmen. I don't know if they're carpenters. I don't know if they're builders, you know, construction. I don't know what their background is. But they have all decided, you know, what God wants to do here. He wants to restore this. We're going to put our hands to the good work. And then the last part I really want us to catch here, and I think um, Nehemiah and you know had intentionally written this and put this in here. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but verse 19. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the uh, Arab heard about it, they mocked mocked us and despised us and said, what is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven will make us successful. Therefore, we, are, we his servants will arise and build, but you have no part, no right or memorial in Jerusalem. I think this is another thing too. Um, we're, I definitely want to expand on this at, when we get into this next section of the God called me now what, but the these people immediately are coming up against them. They are, you know, it's it's very obvious that here in this land, for Jerusalem to be restored, it means, you know, God's people are going to be restored. And, of course, the spiritual powers that be, the powers of the earth that be, that do not want God to have power or authority on this earth, are going to be working against you know, actively working against Jerusalem succeeding. So, of course, you know, I mean, this is like right away, as soon as they heard about it, they were mocking them and despising them. But I love that Nehemiah just steps right up and he just rebukes them. The God of heaven will make us successful. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no part, no right or memorial in Jerusalem. And he just puts them back in their place. He's like, you know what? This is God's place. This is God's temple. This is his His holy city. You've got no part, right, or memorial here. You do not belong here. 
you know, basically go back to where you came from and, and, you know, just telling these enemies basically to back down. God's doing his good work here. So um, now I want to, you know, we've, we've learned about this scripture. I really want to jump into um, the question for the day. God called me. Now what? So we're going to take a quick break and then let's really break that down together. All right, welcome back. So, uh, God called me. Now what? So we see here um, from Nehemiah's perspective, we're gonna you know really use this scripture we just went over to really understand this. So God called Nehemiah, and honestly, it's a really scary call. He is called to. I think you know he he was called to be the one to go and rebuild Jerusalem again. We talked about he's not qualified. He honestly is, he's like, he's not a builder. He's not a construction worker. He is basic. he's a captive. He's in this place where he's a servant to the king. You know, he should not be um, able to do these things. But what stands and what's true is that God called him. God called him for this holy mission to go and to restore Jerusalem. And so, you know, if Nehemiah had just put it in his own strength, like we talked about, if he had just focused on, you know, what can I do? He would have thought the same things. You know, I'm not qualified. I'm not fit for this. But instead, he he kind of gave it back to God. And he said, you know, if this is meant to be, he prayed and, you know, and God will make it happen. We don't get a lot of commentary on this, but we see that where where God called him again, there's there was this this fear that could have stopped him of, you know, asking the king is scary, you know, and confronting this whatever it is that whatever God is calling you to do, whether it's just following Jesus and living a life for Jesus, um, or if it's something really specific, maybe you want to, we talked about like, maybe you want to start a Bible study. Um, maybe you want to get going back to church. Maybe you want to start, um, learning with God, you know, um, like more about scripture. Maybe you, uh, want to go back to school. You know, maybe it's whatever it is, there is this fear that can try and hold us in place of, you know, I feel called to do that, but what if, what if that, what if this, what if I'm not good enough? What if it doesn't work out? What if the money doesn't come through? What if I'm not smart enough? What if um, people don't come to my small group? What if people don't show up to the Bible study? What if I start a class and nobody goes? What if, um, you know, what if all day long, you could say what if so many times. And for Nehemiah, he could have said, what if all day long? He could have said, what if the king said no? What if the king tries to kill me? What if um, I get put in jail? What if the king says yes, but I don't have the materials? There are so many what ifs in Nehemiah's story. Like you can go through it. Um, if you've ever seen, uh, if you've like seen the Marvel TV show, what if they like change one thing in the timeline and then like everything changes forever. It's crazy how many things went right in Nehemiah's story for everything to work out. Of course, you know, that's God's plan. God has the plan. So don't be scared and don't think, you know, if God calls you that you're kind of on your own now. If God calls you, he also has the plan for you. He also has, um, he has, you know, all the steps in place for you. It's not God calls you and then you just need to strike out on your own path. Good luck. See you later. Have fun. When God calls you, he's going to lay out 
the foundation. He's going to lay out all the steps. He's going to have all the resources. He's going to bring the right people. He's going to make it grow in the time it's supposed to grow. He's going to bring it to fruition, how it's supposed to come to fruition. You know, like um, if you think about um, lots of analogies here, but I'm a big analogy person. So if you think about like, um, if you like plant a seed, you know, um, plant a seed in the ground, like I'm, I am from Nebraska. Uh, if you know Nebraska, we um, it's all about corn here. We love corn. So um, you plant a seed in the ground, you water it, you fertilize everything. But um, there's a certain point when God has to just bring life to the seed and let it grow and bring it to life. So when we are given this plan, like God gives us the seed, this little nugget, this little plan for us, you know, we're supposed to, in faith, plant it, but we need to give that back to God and say, okay, God, you gave me this call. And then now what is, okay, God, how are you going to bring this together? Nehemiah stopped and he prayed and he, you know, he probably asked God to guide him, give him the words. You know, he probably got asked God to bring it all together and he did. And the favor of the Lord brought it all together so that the materials and everything came together. But rationally, if Nehemiah was to plan that out, he wouldn't even have the materials. He wouldn't have the protection he needed to get to the land. He wouldn't have what he needed. But God brought that all together through the king. So do not think that if God gave you a plan, now it's on you. If you're starting to put this into the thought of, uh, I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know how I could figure that out. I don't know how I can do that. It's a lot of I, 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 I. And we need to flip that. And we need to start saying, okay, how will God make this happen? In God's strength, how can this happen? How will God bring the resources? If you're, okay, like I I love the like the topic of like starting like a, a small group or a Bible study. Like how will, how can God bring the people? You know, what resources can God get put in front of you? Who can God partner you with to make this happen? You know, do not try and do it in your own strength. It's going to flop. We are only so good. We're not equipped. God loves to call the unequipped or the people that are, you know, we have no, maybe no right. Like I think about the disciples of Jesus. They were not teachers of the law. They're not these people that were you know, all special and, and, you know, the most special people in Israel, honestly, God pulled together that kind of like this group of misfits, Jesus pulled together this group of misfits and called them to be his disciples. And the, the special thing is that he called them and he gave them what they needed and he equipped them for what they needed. They were not equipped to cast out demons or, um, they were not equipped to go and spread the love of Jesus or, or spread his word, spread the gospel. He equipped them to do that good work. So, how can now God equip you? So God called you. Now what? Now you need to say, okay, God, I've got this call. How can I work with you? How can we work together? Um, how can I put this back in God's hands so that God can do something special with it? So even, you know, the most rudimentary basic thing, you know, following Jesus, if you're trying to figure out, you know, this life, this faith, figuring out what faith, what faith means again, put that in God's hands. You don't have to be like, oh, now I got to do all these hours of research. I've got to figure all this out. Let God kind of bring things into your path. Ask him for help. And honestly, just it's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of asking God and saying, by God's power, this will happen. It's not up to you to kind of make that happen. Now, I also want to address um, at the end of Nehemiah 2, um, 
and even in the middle, Nehemiah makes plans for enemies to come against him. Now, I want to make this really clear. When God calls you, I'm not saying life is like horrible or anything, but this is this is a reality. When God calls you, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. We live in a broken world. We live in a world filled with sin and um, evil and Things are going to go wrong where this is not heaven yet. We're not in that um, perfect place yet where there's no tears, there's no sin, there's no pain. So when God calls you, you called to live a life with Jesus, called to start something, whatever you're called to do, whatever you're meant to do, I need you to know and prepare that the enemy does not want the spiritual powers to be in this world. The enemy, friends, you know, whoever it is, there's going to be people around you that will not understand. There's going to be powers that be in this world, powers of evil, powers of darkness that do not want that good thing to happen. They do not want that call to come through. The powers that be, so like in Nehemiah, the powers that be is, um, uh, sorry, where's, sorry, I'm just looking for his name. Um, sorry. Oh, okay. The power that be, um, I just like saying his name, Sanballat, Sanballat, um, Tobiah, um, Geshem, the powers that be around Jerusalem did not want God's power restored in Jerusalem. They did not want this to happen. And so do not let your call by God be defined when by the enemies, when the enemies rise up and try to stop it. If there's a friend you have, who is kind of coming against, like, you know, you've got God's plan, you get all excited. Let me tell you how many times I've gotten really excited about God's plan. I told someone, and they kind of rained on my parade, and I was like, wait, I thought I thought God's plan was supposed to be perfect, and, and I didn't think anything was ever going to go wrong. And honestly, it's very naive of me. If, if, you know, God is calling you to do something special, if he's calling you to follow follow him, if he's calling you to start something, whatever it is, uh, you know, you're picturing it by now, what God is calling you to do. Maybe he's just calling you to be closer to him. Um, and maybe you're, maybe you're on the journey with me where you're completely redefining your faith. People are not going to understand. Uh, it could be, you know, it could be family members. It could be close friends. It could be teachers. It could be anybody around you. It could be strangers. You know, maybe you start something online and all of a sudden people are heckling you online. You know, whatever it is, I want you to allow God in on, on that plan of how he's going to protect you and protect this special plan. If you plant a seed, the there are um, a lot of animals that want to come and eat that seed. It's not like you just put it in the ground and it magically grows and nothing happens. You kind of have to plan for um, like, uh, I guess like if you have like a, um, I, I know my <laughs> this specific story, my grandma used to grow tomatoes in her garden and she had to put this, like the, the wire around it because there are rabbits, birds, squirrels, raccoons, animals, all sorts of animals that would love to come and eat those tomatoes, um, bugs that want to eat them before you can enjoy that harvest and you can enjoy them. And so it's not just like you plant the seed, it grows magically nothing ever touches it and it's perfect and everything's perfect and everything's fine. You never have to worry about it. You, you have to make sure that you're putting things in place to protect this plan. So when Nehemiah, he knew he was going to this land of Jerusalem. And if he just 
kind of uh, naively would be like, okay, I'm just gonna walk outside the walls of Jerusalem, um, walk outside the these walls and go to Jerusalem, and he's just skipping along. All of a sudden, all these people from these lands would attack him. They don't want this plan to come together, so they'd attack him. And then he kind of prepares when these people come and they and they're they're shaming him and mocking him and despising him and saying, "What is this thing you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king?" He had an answer for them, and he was so firm and strong in what God was doing in his life that he was like he answered them he said the God of heaven will make us successful therefore we his servants will arise and build but you have no part right or memorial in Jerusalem so again as you are following God's plan for your life when adversity comes and it will we live in a broken world allow God to protect you and be ready and we're going to get into this. Um, the next part of Nehemiah is all about, um, you know, the peop- there are people that come against God's plan. And what do you do about that? Um, so we're going to talk practically about that. But this first step, what I really, really, really want you to get from, um, from today, two things. One, God called you. Now allow God to bring that call together. Allow God to bring the pieces together. So that's one. Allow God to bring the pieces together. It's not you. It's not your strength. It's not your power. It's not your authority. It's by God's authority alone. God will make it happen. Following Jesus is something that takes Jesus' strength. I know it's pretty counterintuitive because we want to put everything in our strength. Following Jesus comes from Jesus' strength. The disciples did not follow Jesus because they were amazing. They followed Jesus because he's amazing. And his amazingness in them made them continue to be able to follow him. It took his strength. It takes his strength to follow him. Um, because we live in a broken world. It's very difficult. It's hard to overcome the power of the world. So that's part one. Allow God to bring it together. Part two, which we will talk about at much more length in the next episode uh, next episode about Nehemiah. Be ready for the adversity. It doesn't mean that God's plan has fallen apart. It doesn't mean that um, something is wrong. Um, it doesn't mean that you are wrong. It means that the powers that be, the enemies of, against you, the sin of this world does not want God to succeed in you. So be ready, be on guard, and protect your faith as it, you're growing it. Protect it like a little seed. It's your seed, and as it's growing, you need to protect it, you know, keep it safe. So part the first thing is um, God brings all of it together. Let him bring it all together. Secondly, let God put things in place to protect it. Um, find somebody that can help you protect it. Find somebody you trust. Um, for me, you know, I, when when I'm kind of going on this journey, my wife is is helping me protect this. She's helping me to grow it and foster it, keep it safe. But if I just kind of um, flaunted this and told everybody about it, there's a lot of people that would be like, "You're crazy. Um, this is stupid. Um, how could you do this?" Like the Nehemiah talks about, mocked. They are mocked and despised. So, if you are mocked and despised, doesn't necessarily mean you're doing the wrong thing. Honestly, could mean you're doing the right thing, and that you're you're following Jesus, and um, you're <laughs> unfortunately it's gonna make some enemies. Not that I'm saying like go out and make a bunch of enemies or oh go ruffle ruffle a bunch of feathers and make people upset at you, but just know that if, if adversity comes, if hard things come, if you try and start something and it's not all just sunshine and rainbows at first, talk to God about it. You know, God, what? what's going on here? Am I supposed to continue on this path? Is this, is this the right thing? Are, are you still moving here? Um, and if God encourages you and says, yes, keep going, don't let the adversity stop you. I'll protect you. I'll um, make sure that the enemy gets put back in his place. Then keep going. 
So um, together, I love this quote. It's like it's got me so fired up, but it's the it's the uh, at verse 18. Let's arise and build. So you and me together, I'm working on discovering what faith really means, getting back to the root of it. This is my build. This is what I'm building. Whatever you're building, I'm with you in this. Find some other people too, but for me, I'm with you in this. You can call and leave a voicemail. You can DM me on Instagram, whatever you want to do. Send a carrier pigeon, however you want to get the word to me. We're in this together. Let's arise and build. Let's let's do this. Let's work together. Um, it's And you know, it's not always going to be easy. It's honestly, we're going to get into Nehemiah chapter three, um, where they're actually rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. It's hard work, but this first step here is giving it to God, allowing him to bring it together. So allow him to bring it together. He will, by his power, by his authority, it will all come together. So I just want to pray over you and encourage you. So let's pray. And then, um, and then I have just some final words for you. Father God, we just allow you to be the power and authority that makes this call grow. And Lord, we thank you for calling us. We thank you for calling us to live a life with you first and foremost. We know that this is our ultimate call is to follow you. We were made to know you and made to follow you. And now for some of us, we are called to start something new, to pursue something, to uh, whatever call that you're giving your children right now, God, I just pray that you protect it and I pray that you grow it and I pray that it would be done in your strength. God, whatever we're trying to do in our strength, we hand that back to you and we ask God that you would do it in your strength. By your strength alone, would these plans happen? Would they come together? Nehemiah could not have done it without you. We cannot do it without you. It's all on you. It's your strength. It's your power. It's your authority. So we trust you. We ask that you'd bring it together, bring all the pieces together. We ask that you protect it as enemies and people try to come against this plan. We just know that you're going to protect it. And you're going to put things in place so that the good fruit can come about so that good work can be done. And we trust you, God. We place all this in your hands in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. Um, and going over Nehemiah two with me. I hope that you've been encouraged today. If you have been encouraged, feel free to share with a friend leave a review. I would love to, you know, I want to help get the word out to other people. What God is speaking to you and me, he can speak to so many other people. So let's continue to get this word out. Let's share it with each other. If you've been encouraged, let's keep it moving. Um, If there's somebody that you think this could help, I would love for it to help them. If you need some help, feel free to message me. Let's talk about it. Let's let's join together. And together, we're going to keep building. So until next time, Let's arise and build. See you next time.